This is Niamh Bushnell from Tech Ireland and I am here today with Ronan Furlong who is our advisor for IoT for the Internet of Things chapter of Innovation Nation 2019. Thanks so much for being here Ronan. Thanks a lot, thanks for having me. This is your second year in a row being an advisor for <laughs> the book. <laughs> Good job. I wasn't sure I'd be invited back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we couldn't do it without you. I, I think of you as, as Mr. IoT. Explain why I think of you as Mr. IoT. Oh, uh, my God. Maybe you're laboring under a misapprehension. <laughs> um, I guess I, the reason I'm synonymous with IoT is because I run uh, an organization called DCU Alpha, which is a, I guess, a, an innovation cluster uh, co located with Dublin City University. And for a variety of reasons, some by accident, some, some by design, uh, the cluster has taken on a very strong IoT flavour over the last couple of years. And when I'm asked to kind of explain how that happened, um, and when people think it kind of emerged from some strategy written down a few years ago, which was, you know, studiously followed to arrive at an IoT cluster, that, that's really not the case. Um, the IoT flavour of DCU Alpha has come about by virtue of the fact that the university itself maps quite well onto that sector. Uh, and I guess what I mean by that is that um, you know places like the Insight Centre for Data Analytics mm -hmm. would have a very strong footprint in DCU Alpha or in DCU. Uh, the university itself very strong in areas like mechanical manufacturing engineering, very strong in sensor technologies, particularly in the connected health space. Uh, and obviously then it's got a school of business uh, and a, a big strong school of computing as well. And when we talk about IoT, we tend to go down the rabbit hole of technology, but really the return on investment is what drives IoT and what will drive it in the future. So having a business school uh, associated with a bunch of technologists solving all of these problems in a smart connected world is actually quite useful. So, uh, you know, an IoT flavor emerging in North Dublin is really a function of the strengths and competencies of DCU as a university um, and mapping well onto that. I guess the second reason it's emerged is, is really a physical reason. Um, DCU Alpha is based in the former Enterprise Ireland headquarters site in Glasnevin and that's a facility, if people are familiar with it, that uh, was a mix of office space and industrial research laboratories and uh, pr prototyping workshops and, and kind of sheds where Enterprise Ireland back in the day used to do everything from pressure test timber furniture to bending steel to electroplating and materials research science. So not only do we have the ability to accommodate uh, companies that are doing the, the bits or screen-based or software-based component of IoT, but we can also accommodate those companies that move from the bits into the world of atoms, that physical world of, of connected hardware. Uh, so we can, when you walk through DCU Alpha, you'll see, you know, software companies or what look like software companies with you know, rooms of people and headphones coding away, but you'll go out the back or you'll go through another door and you'll be into an electronics lab or prototyping workshop where these companies are actually prototyping and iterating their physical connected hardware. So that's quite an unusual thing to see in Dublin. Obviously, you're at the forefront of this, Neve. Uh, you've seen Dublin kind of really emerge strongly as a digital city. Uh, but predominantly that has been led by kind of social media, SaaS, fintech, uh, the app economy, so to speak, and it's, right. you know, a spin-off of the Googles and the Facebooks and the Twitters. Uh, but what we felt was lacking was a, was a place for those companies that manifested themselves physically, that, that made or managed something in the real world, in the physical world. So the site we have actually caters quite nicely for that. So the university maps on quite well to it, the site maps on quite well to it, and uh, most pragmatically of all, we felt that there was a 
a gap in the market, so to speak, to cater for those kind of companies. So those three things converged, as I said, through a little bit of accident and a little bit of design. And we've ended up with a very strong IoT cluster, uh, multiple companies looking to, uh, as I say, cluster together, share experience, technology, go to market together, but also to engage with the university and to access the, the research and talent capabilities of DCU. So it's a kind of potent mix from that perspective. Yeah. And as a result, I've ended up as this kind of uh, quasi-IoT aficionado. IoT man. <laughs> so, uh, but it's not all IoT, I should, I should say. I'm here with an IoT hat on, but what we're seeing in IoT, and we'll probably come to this later in the interview, is that it, you know it's spanning multiple different areas, and you're seeing the convergence of artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, all sorts of different arenas and IoT because ultimately you're talking about smart things. Right. Uh, so it's starting to get really interesting and just as interesting as the companies tapping into the university is the companies engaging with each other. Yeah. That's a really strong theme now. So, so we gave you a, a database of all of the IoT companies around the country that we're tracking and there's over 170 of them I think in that would be core IoT, let's call it, because you're right, there's so many other companies that are doing IoT-related things. Um, but let's say the companies that would consider themselves IoT first, for mm. want of a better description. Uh, and you had the task of going through that list of companies. All of these companies, in fairness, you know them well. Um, and picking out a 10 for us that would be the headline companies for the book this year. So let's dive into some of your choices. And I'm sure, you know, the, the, the book can only cater to a certain number of companies. So, you know, we might talk about a couple of other companies that may not be the headline companies in the book, but that we want to give a mention to. So, but t talk about the, the 10 companies that you did pick and that you sent to us. Yeah, so um, I, I probably started off with quite a long list and it's quite difficult to kind of narrow it down to a, to a shorter list. Um, you know, obviously you have a uh, an affinity for your own children, so to speak, in, in the sense <laughs> of the companies that are based in DCU Alpha, but we're seeing lots of companies across all of the regions, across all industrial sectors, um, and, and, you know, they're, they're coming, they're coming, they're bubbling up to the surface through different fora, through different scenarios. And, and I think the classification that we're looking at this time around in terms of what kind of company that is, is yeah. it a, an accelerator founded business? Is it a corporate spin out? Is it a, you know, a university linked business? I think that's quite a useful way to, to classify the businesses. So I picked a few off the back of those kind of classifications and... Uh, and it, the work that they did in 2018, indeed. right? Because that's the year that we're looking at, so... Yeah, indeed. So, so off, off that... Uh, of that, maybe I'd start with a company called Sparrow Watch, which is a very small company that not too many people would know about. But during 2018, they successfully uh, pitched for one of the Smart Dublin SBIR uh, programs, specifically looking at uh, monitoring illegal waste dumping activity in and around the, the four Dublin local authorities. And, and this speaks to my point about the, the convergence between various different te technologies. This was a remotely operated camera, which was obviously monitoring um, you know, sparsely populated areas to, to, to watch out for things like fly tipping. Uh, so it's kind of internet of waste, if you like, if you put it that way. But but really, uh, as well as the physical camera, which is the which is the thing, and the internet that it's connected to, 
what was really interesting about this company is the opportunity for it to start taking on things like uh, artificial intelligence, computer vision uh, capabilities in order to mesh those two worlds together to really come up with a smart solution. Okay. So uh, th that's a company, for example, that is based in the Greenway Hub, which is the DIT uh, hub, not far from DCU Alpha, actually. Uh, but they're one to watch, uh, both from you know the, the waste uh, monitoring solution that they've developed, but also... The, the video as a sensor capability that they're starting to explore. Okay. So if you can apply it to legal waste dumping, you can apply it to traffic monitoring, you can apply it to security, whatever it might be. So they're an interesting company that, that are new on the scene, so to speak. And just SBIR for people who may be listening and don't know what it is. Sure. So so the Small Business Innovation Research Programme, uh, which is the kind of brainchild of Enterprise Ireland, but, but really the, the initial ball was picked up and ran with by Dublin City Council and in particular Smart Dublin, where it's a sort of a pre-procurement exercise where the local authorities, for example, uh, know they have a problem but don't know if a solution for it exists in the market. And rather than going through a very convoluted procurement process, they put out a call for solutions. Uh, so not knowing they have a problem but not knowing quite what the solution might be, uh, if you flip that on its head and put it out to the market of startups, lots of innovative uh, possibilities start coming back to you yeah. and then it affords the opportunity to, to pick a few of these, to seed uh, the solution through small grant aid and allow companies like Sparrowwatch uh, pursue a particular technology and try and get it to maturity. Great, great. And that's why we're talking about them today, because during the year they managed to get that funding. That's great. Um, tell us about some other companies that you uh, that, that, that made it, either made it onto your radar in the last 12 months or that, you know, or made it big in the last 12 months from your perspective. Okay, so... Um, well, let's start with the made it big and, you know, making it big is relative. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, one of the companies that we're very familiar with, who are still somewhat in stealth mode, so mightn't be widely recognized by the, by the outside world, is a company called Fire One. Um, and uh, they're in stealth mode for a solid reason, so I have to be very careful what I say about them. But, but they, did, they did raise a very large uh, venture funding round during 2018 uh, of the order of 40 million euros. Mm -hmm. So what's really interesting about them from an IoT perspective is that um, they're moving the conversation beyond wearables uh, into the world of implantables. So essentially okay. we're talking about Internet of Things technologies and sensor technologies which are going into your body. Uh, and it sounds very Iron Man-ish, but mm -hmm. uh, it's really where the future of kind of connected health is going to bring us all. So as well as sensors out there that can do predictive analytics on an aircraft engine or can monitor the vibrations on a wind turbine, to be able to monitor uh, you know, pressure and flow in an internal organ like your heart is a really, really interesting concept from the point of view of predictive analytics and cardiovascular disease. Absolutely. So, you know, you can imagine the size of that problem on a global humanitarian scale and the amount of people who die from heart disease and the ability to do predictive analytics on your heart using IoT and sensor technologies is a fairly radical, uh, a fairly radical piece of science. So uh, they've raised an awful lot of money because, as you can imagine, to bring something like that through clinical trials, mm -hmm. uh, you know, software as a medical device is an interesting FDA uh, approval process, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so they're really to watch uh, and they're growing quite rapidly uh, out in DCU Alpha uh, but a nice mix of uh, technology, uh, health, hardware, sort of the internet of medical things if you like. So they're definitely one on the, on the made it big radar. Um, some other companies that I like, uh, and, and I like them for not just the fact that they're IoT companies but we're starting to see this kind of preponderance of uh, IoT 
companies uh, spinning out of corporate situations. That's a really interesting theme. Mm. Um, so again, one, for example, uh, that wouldn't be too well known, but will very quickly get on a lot of people's radars, is a company called Rentalmatics, who mm. are actually a spin out of Europe Car. Yep. Now, we're all familiar with the rental car industry and um, you know potentially some of the disputes that arise when a car comes back and there might be some damage on it. Um, this is, uh, you know, connected vehicle, Internet of Things technology for rental car fleets, uh, telemetry based, uh, looking at everything from how hard the brakes were hit to how hard the engine was revved to where the cars were, uh, to what speed they were traveling at, what times of the day, etc. So to take that kind of, um, to take that you know, uh, dispute resolution mechanism mm. in a rental car industry and, and really just put the data analytics lens onto it. Um, so, so you know, they came from a situation where Eurocar had 6,000 cars up at Dublin Airport and didn't have, a you know, an adequate way of tracking them properly, an adequate way of managing their assets. Uh, so a spin-out emerged from the company, which is now uh, based down with us, uh, which, you is, see exactly, which is not was not just looking at solving the problem for Europe car, but solving it for Thrifty and Dollar and Hertz and all of the other major car rental uh, platforms. Now, what's interesting about it, aside from the fact that it's asset tracking a specific type of, of asset, in this case a rental vehicle, is really the kind of servitization model that you're going to start to see in IoT. Uh, you're witnessing a situation where absolutely the the ability to track a vehicle is very powerful, but the the connected analytics across an entire fleet becomes a really interesting tool for managing a city, for example. Right. So you can imagine Board Fallshire would be very interested in the data collection from 6,000 rental cars. Oh, yeah. Where they are, who are they visiting, how often are they staying in the country, are they going up different jurisdictions, etc., etc. So uh, that could be a very powerful data analytics tool driven off a piece of connected hardware in a, in a car. Fast. Uh, Fantastic. So, so rentalmatics from, from, a, from a corporate spin-out are interesting, as are another company... Uh, down in Cork, um, remote signals. Yeah. And the reason these guys are interesting is because uh, they would have spun out of PCH International, uh, Liam Casey's uh, operation that people would be well familiar with, uh, especially well familiar with in a connected hardware sense. Uh, remote signals, again, a sensor technology play um, uh, founded by three senior guys from uh, PCH based in Cork, but doing everything from temperature sensing in soils uh, in partnership with Chagask and Medair and all around the country, um, fill level sensors on uh, rural oil tanks. You can imagine that's an interesting uh, yeah. topical issue at the moment. So they've started up last year uh, and um, they've they've eschewed the whole world of uh, you know venture finance by doing something very remarkable and old fashioned, uh, selling stuff to customers. <laughs> what? Revenue. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look, to, to watch company go revenue positive in such a short frame of time now obviously they they, they were in kind of um, you know prep mode for quite a while but, yeah. but these are guys who know how to make things they know margin business they understand manufacturing at scale and they understand uh, you know people's problems which again is the kind of highlight of what PCH did all the way through its evolution right. so remote signals are a very interesting one and I think they won a big award down in Cork uh, from the from the chamber and the uh, Entrepreneur of the Year award down there, so I uh, definitely want to keep an eye on. One or two more that you want to touch on. Have any of the companies? I don't believe any of the companies you've mentioned so far are female-founded companies. How are we? How are our, our IoT female founders doing in Ireland? Um, 
it's it's a, it's an it's an interesting point. Um, the world of kind of engineering and hardware is typically seen or has been typically seen as this kind of male dominated world. I think. Um, really you're going to see female founders in an IoT realm that are coming from sectors that are already female uh, well represented so to speak so you'll see more and more of them coming from the health sector I'd imagine absolutely and uh, one thing I'm going to do on foot of our conversation is you know take a closer look at companies like Food Marble mm -hmm. uh, which is a kind of digestive health sort of mm -hmm. IoT tracking situation which I know as a female co-founder yeah um, they're one of the headline companies for health tech this year bingo and why I'm here talking about IoT IoT spans industrial applications, health, transport, cities, the whole raft. So there are, you will start to see them coming through and there, there are probably quite a few others that you know don't spring to mind already, but definitely from those kind of sectors where there's already a proper representation, if you like. Uh, the IoT yeah, has a co-founder. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the IoT companies that I'm most familiar with in DCU Alpha, whether it's Novaris or Shimmer or Fire One, they are dominated at a senior management level by female uh, entrepreneurs. So, uh, Annette Hughes and Fire One, uh, you know, kind of leading the kind of science. Uh, you've got Martina Donahue in Shimmer Sensing, driving the whole marketing and business development platform there. Uh, similarly, uh, Unani Rahlig and Novaris. So, there's no shortage of, of female uh, entrepreneurs in IoT. I think, you know, the, the, the problems that you've identified in terms of the fundraising activity of female founders has to play catch up, but the talent is there uh, and, and the bodies are there. And it's a question then of how do we plug the VC and startup funding directly into female entrepreneurs and founders, yeah. as opposed to seeing them kind of percolate up through the ranks within these organizations to begin with. So Ronan, it sounds like there's some amazing companies and we know from our own data, amazing IoT companies, indigenous Irish IoT companies across the country. Tell us the story around the ecosystem that's supporting and creating the environment for these companies. You know, what are we seeing in terms of multinational support and government support and accelerator support and investors um, that, you know, that, that are feeding into this ecosystem and, and, and making it what it is today and what it can be in the future? Tell us that story. Sure, yeah. So I guess, you know, a number of years ago, we were sort of just merely witnessing a bunch of pioneering IoT startups that were trying to, you know, drive this whole thing uphill. But really, over the last couple of years, we've seen a you know a very very solid ecosystem start to build and scaffold around uh, the technological capabilities that are out there, uh, and you're seeing you're seeing municipalities, you're seeing local governments, you're seeing you know uh, state agencies, um, um, you know universities, research centres really starting to put some structures and supports in place for the you know burgeoning world of IoT. Um, I guess probably in my view anyway the, the most important or most catalytic um, um, ecosystem developments uh, has been things like uh, Smart Dublin uh, which is now becoming Smart Ireland which is great yeah. to see so you see Cork coming into the conversation in a big way now in terms of what it can do in its Docklands uh, but the Smart Dublin program uh, and kudos to Jamie Cudden in relation to this it, you know it started off very small and uh, just through you know sheer force of nature of various people involved uh, it's got to the stage now where it's signing you know deals with SoftBank and AT&T um, uh, but, but, but some of the capabilities that Smart Dublin um, has put in place are really driving a lot of the innovation in IoT so for example 
the Smart Docklands Programme, and again, the SBIR uh, challenges that it can set out and it can fund in partnership with Enterprise Ireland, really draw IoT startups out of the woodwork, so to speak, to solve specific challenges on a municipal scale. And that really is invaluable in terms of seeding that very early stage, uh, you know, someone with a cool idea and just doesn't know quite where to start. So real hats off to, to Smart Dublin and Smart Ireland generally, because you're going to start to see you know that that model, that that operating model, uh, be reflected in all sorts of locations. Uh, so, for example, you know you'll see smart campuses, you'll see smart airports, you'll yes. see smart harbors, uh, and you know I think that's all being driven by the success of the Smart Dublin model and its ability to kind of punch internationally. Uh, believe it or not, Smart Dublin is seen uh, at a global level as being highly progressive and one of the best examples of the, of the of the smart city model out there anywhere. That's great. So local government is really playing a, a leading role. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it, it's it's not often acknowledged, uh, but in this case, it really is a pathfinder for a lot of the early stage companies, uh, and it also then in turn gives uh, you know larger companies, particularly multinationals, the confidence. Uh, to see, okay, well, there's there's an ecosystem here, there's a supply chain here, there's talent here, there's a market here, right? Um, uh, and there's 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 the capability to you know bolster or to bolt on some of our technologies and some some of the stuff that's happening. And you've seen, for example, in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, Siemens Ireland uh, and Three Ireland have won separate tenders for the two hundred and fifty thousand uh, smart meter ESB rollout. Yep. So you'll see at the at the at the big level. There's major contracts now starting to emerge uh, as you know big organizations look to you know put IoT at the forefront of their of their technology roadmap. And and who else? I mean, I know Intel play a role here. I know Vodafone have been involved. I mean, there's probably a whole host of them, right? It's hard to kind yeah. of name them all, right? Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely worth honing in on the telcos. Um, you know, Three Ireland and Vodafone are really starting up their game on this front. Um, Vodafone um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say both of those companies realize that their position in IoT has to be more than just selling data plans to individual connected devices. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of SIM cards going to go into the ESB smart meter rollout, but really what they need to be doing is selling solutions to corporate customers. So what we're starting to see is that those telcos are now starting to partner with some of the startups on our on our radar and, and going doing go-to-market strategies with a particular sensor technology that is looking at something like, you know, uh, grain silo monitoring or connected cars or wearable health or whatever it might be. So uh, I think the next, you know, 12 months are going to be interesting from the telco's perspective as they become the vehicles through which the whole world of IoT is pushed at a corporate level in the in the big deals as opposed to the kind of small SBIR stuff that the local authority is doing. Okay. Um, but then you're also seeing, you know, the roles that the universities and the research centers are, are starting to play again on a kind of national and regional basis. Um, Technology Gateway, uh, Applied IoT based down in uh, Athlone, uh, really starting to get some traction and tying in some of the some of the regional institutes of technology, right. um, CIT and Nimbus uh, down in Cork with their Beyond IoT conference again starting to kind of catalyze the movement. Mm. And a lot of the time it's about connecting the companies and, and the ecosystem actor is really just a connector in that sense and, and really that's how I kind of define my job. Uh, but we're starting to see uh, you know uh, this confluence of corporate 
interests of research institutions, of municipal authorities, of state agencies, bringing the local and the national together to start to create scale. And that's a really interesting time for the IoT ecosystem, I think. It's very exciting. I mean, um, and to think really, I mean, five years ago, did any of this exist? You know? Do, do you know what? It, it was, sorry, well, none of, the, none of the structures exist, but I think IoT has always existed uh, to some extent. <laughs> and, and who knows, in five years' time, it'll be called something entirely different. Right. But, but really, it's about, you know, smart, connected things. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're starting to really see Ireland and, uh, you know, the IDA talk about Ireland as being this place that's, uh, you know, big enough to be statistically significant, but, but small enough to get things done. And I think there's no sector where that rings more true than in IoT. Uh, everyone knows each other. Everyone is looking to facilitate each other. We're seeing test beds emerge. We're seeing accelerator programs emerge. Uh, we're starting to see this kind of um, uh, overlap of technologies where, you know, a specific solution for a specific industry it might be sim based it might be laura based it might be sigfox based it might be wi-fi based it might be 5g based in the future there's no one sort of telecommunications protocol that's going to solve iot problems in some sort of silver bullet fashion so you're starting to see the various different technologies uh, coexist and coalesce and uh, go to market in a stronger fashion together yeah, and actually that brings me to another thing that I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, the global trends that are out there that through putting your Ireland hat on, you can go, ooh, that's something that we can, that's a ball we can pick up and run. What, yeah. what, what can we be doing? What are the big opportunities for Ireland in that global arena? What can we become world class at within IoT that's already going on out there? Um. So, you know, part of me wants to say, well, the industries are already good at, whether that's agriculture or tourism or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, but really, what I'd love to see Ireland pushing strongly is 5G, 5G, 5G. Um, we have a really interesting opportunity at the kind of cusp of the advent of 5G, where, you know, 5G has to incorporate everything from, you know, satellite communications to Wi-Fi and this heterogeneous network. Uh, and I just don't feel as a as a country or as a kind of a you know policy heading it's up high enough. Okay. Uh, and I, if I was going to change anything, I'd love to see you know a real strong focus on five G. So some of the stuff that we've been doing in DCU Alpha has been looking at things like the integration between SATCOM and IoT generally. Um, and we, we did some work in, in partnership with the European Space Agency, again, looking at developing those kind of challenges. Uh, there's an opportunity to do something similar looking at the integration of SATCOM and 5G. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some news on that uh, in the very near future. But again, uh, Ireland is a 5G testbed uh, by virtue of the fact that, again, we're small enough to get things done, but we're big enough to be, to be statistically significant. I think that's a really big opportunity. And it shouldn't be left to the telcos to you know, dictate what Ireland's 5G effort should look like. Uh, it really has to be you know, everyone from the smart Dublins to the IDA Ireland's coming together and saying, look what we can do, uh, and, and selling ourselves to... Huawei to SoftBank to whoever else out there has a vested interest in this kind of stuff. And there's a real big opportunity then for the research community to put their shoulders to the wheel on this front as well. But yeah, 5G is something I'd love to see pushed more strongly in 2019. That's a great message to finish on, I think. I think, why not? Like you say, we're, we're, we're here, we're ready, we're a great test bed, let's just do it, right? Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Ronan, thank you so much for talking to us today and for being the advisor for the IoT chapter of the uh, Innovation Nation 2019 Not book. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot. 
Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a series Tech Ireland has developed to accompany the launch of Innovation Nation 2019, our coffee table book and go-to guide to innovation in Ireland. To listen to other great discussions from this series about innovation-driven cities in Ireland and world-class companies here, go to the content section of techireland.org and select podcasts. You can also purchase a copy of the Innovation Nation book from our website under the heading 2019 in the main menu of techireland.org. Thank you.